Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Raptors, second half of back-to-back. They lose to the Chicago Bulls by a score of 116 to 110. It was a really fun game, really entertaining. Um, you know, it was never a blow or anything like that. Both teams were within striking distance. Both teams took the lead in the fourth quarter. The Bulls would say led for the most of the game. Um, and it really did feel like they would win it in the end. It did feel like they had way more sustainable scores. DeMar DeRozan, Kobe White was really lethal off the dribble. Typically, he's hitting tons of threes, and he did a decent job of that today. Uh, he, you know, he actually only made one three, but he was getting downhill quite a bit for Kobe White, which if you are going to try to play him, you definitely want him to run off the line and you know, see what he can do finishing-wise. Well, he was also able to beat you inside as well, so that's, that, that's tough. Uh, and then Nick uh, Vucevic was, yeah, 12 for 20 for 24 points, which doesn't sound hugely efficient, but a lot of these timely putbacks to start the game to put the Bulls ahead, a lot of these mid-range jumpers to give the Bulls balance throughout the course of the offense or throughout the course of the game on offense just to give him and the rest of the team just this consistent level of scoring that they can always kind of go to. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, Raptors were kind of in a hole, but still – they fought and they got out of that hole. They even took the lead briefly. Um, Scotty Barnes was once again exhilarating in the fourth quarter. Fortunately, I felt like he kind of ran out of steam at a certain point and uh, ended up committing a couple key turnovers. One where he stepped on the baseline out of bounds in the last two minutes. Another one where um, he just kind of like was dribbling at the defense and kind of lost the ball off his foot. Both times the, the Bulls were able to score off those turnovers. And then he also missed a free throw. So it's regrettable that it finished like that. However, over the balance of the fourth quarter, he was awesome. And there was a stretch there, especially to start the fourth quarter, until he came out briefly in the game in the seven-minute mark just to get some rest. In that five-minute stretch, he literally made every single play. And, um, yeah, it just it kind of just shows you, again, that, like, this team is capable um, of showing you that growth. There is that young potential there. But at the same time, they will have some of those errors. They still will come out. And make some mistakes. And of course, they will be short at certain moments. You know, I mean, and I think in this case, short, I mean, like literally short. Like they they were really um, undersized when they closed the game. It's so funny to start the season with the Raptors still, you know, on the vestige of that 6-9 project. Put all the forwards on the floor, um, you know, and all that. And, you know, uh, yeah, Dennis was the guard. But like you saw what Scotty, OG, Pascal and Jakob. Um, on the floor, just one of the biggest lineups in the league. And then you look at the fourth quarter today after, obviously, OG and Pascal have since moved on in trade in the last two weeks. Darko closed the game tonight with Dennis Schroeder, with Gary Trent, uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Bruce Brown, who was playing center after just landing here and not even having time to practice with the team, just go through some, you know, walkthroughs before the game. And then Scotty Barnes playing pretty much every position. I don't even know what you would call it because he's also blocking shots. He's also scoring at the point of attack. Um, he's already getting downhill. He's also hitting some mid-range pull-up jumpers. Like He's playing pretty much whatever role you need from him. But basically, Scotty is one guy who is 6'9", which is already undersized at center, uh, and then just four guys who are 6'5 and under. And um, it just shows you how quickly the, the team direction can change. And of course, like yeah, they don't have... Uh, Jakob today and, and and maybe they close with Jakob but I don't know maybe not either right because you always see the Raptors you know have a bit of a hesitancy to close big I think Darko wants to close smaller if possible especially it's, it's understandable especially when 
you know, you are trailing and you need more offense. Small ball generally gets you better offense, especially without that kind of lethal big scorer, which the Raptors don't really have in the front court. Um, but yeah, and, and there's some advantages too. You could play super fast. Um, you could switch and double the ball pretty aggressively. Um, and, you know, for the most part, the Raptors were able to, you know, generate good looks on offense. Um, Scotty would draw double teams. He would kick it out. They had a lot of guys who can make good decisions with the ball. Fortunately, Raptors just couldn't hit the three at a high level today. Um, they defended the three really well. They held the Bulls to six of 24 from three. I mean, if you hold a team to six threes, May, you should typically win the game. But the Bulls were dominant um, from two. You know, they had Colby going to the basket. DeMar Rosen with the mid-range pull-up. Um, and, of course, Vucevic, you know, scoring around the basket or even the mid-range pick-and-pops, too. It's just too many things to sort of account for. Um, and, yeah, you would, especially if you're going to go small, you're probably going to want to try as much as possible to see if you can, you know, beat them from the three-point line. And the Raptors did make more threes, but they only shot 10 for 38 from three. Bit of a struggle tonight, unfortunately, from the likes of R.J. Barrett, who even watching him go through warm-ups was really struggling to, to knock down shots with any kind of consistency. Um, you know, he was even missing like floaters and stuff too. It just was a kind of a bad sign and it kind of carried over to the game. Of course, RJ can always get downhill and find ways to get to the basket. He did a decent job of that as he almost always does, despite being guarded by some pretty physical Bulls defenders who were largely able to get through this game without, you know, getting in foul trouble or even, um, you know, you know, racking up too many free throw attempts for the Raptors, despite playing super physical, Crusoe on that front is just especially annoying. It, it annoys me to even just watch him defend. I just I can't imagine what it's like being on the court and, and being defended by this guy. He's just always pushing, nudging, you know, uh, holding you, all this other stuff, being super physical, bumping you even away from the ball. It's just got to be an annoying experience playing him. Um, but he doesn't actually get called for that many fouls relative to how physical he plays. Regardless, though, you got to salute that. that. That's a good approach, and it works for him, clearly. Um, but, yeah, not a strong night from RJ. Uh, from the perimeter, one for six from three. Finished the game with 17 points and six to 17 shooting. Like, that's not good. Um, I think he had the awareness. It wasn't like they were taking bad threes. He still refuses to take mid-range jumpers, which I think is a good sign for him. Messiah did say earlier in his press conference that, you know, know, they're trying to teach RJ a new way to play and and take him out of a situation and play in a different way and see if that works. Essentially, it's basically take him out of iso ball, which is what the Knicks typically like to play. Um, put him in a more ball movement type of system, uh, allow him to play off the catch, cut out the isolations, cut out the one-on-one mid-range pull-ups and see where you can get with that. And I think he's done more and be more efficient. I mean, even today, I think it was actually decent-ish from him. Um, but still, I think you also do need that second part. You do need the threes to drop. And, and yeah, one for six is just, uh, you know, it, it, and a lot of the misses weren't even close. And the one that he made, he actually shot it so off that it banked off the backboard and it went in. So um, needs to find the, the three-point shooting touch. I, I think that uh, that's not a surprise when it comes to RJ. I think for quickly, he just never really found his rhythm in this game. Uh, it was going to be a key point guard matchup in this one. Who's going to win it between him and Kobe White? Kobe White, if you haven't known already, has been on a tear. Pretty much since Zach Levine went down with injury, he got on fire and You know, Zach actually went out with injury again today. He looked like he landed on his ankle, left the game. He was super frustrated, threw his towel on the bench, and just stormed straight into the booth. Was able to come back, which is great, uh, but he only came back for a short time and wasn't able to close out the game and wasn't even on the bench. So we'll see what the injury status is there with Zach Levine. Um, But still, they don't have him. They still have Colby, who was able to consistently get downhill and make plays and just 
play at a really, really fast and a tempo where you can you were always on your heels against him, whether he was lifting up for that three, whether he was pulling up for the three, whether he was getting downhill and stretching his way for a layup. Just hard for the Raptors to really get a grasp on him. You never really felt like the physicality from the Raptors to cut off a lot of his drives and round out his drives. On the other front, I just felt like for quickly, like, you know, well, number one, I didn't feel like he got downhill nearly as much as he needed to. Um, he was four of 10 today. He took seven threes, which means he only, you know, got downhill four shots uh, three times. Uh, only drew one foul. Um, and sometimes when he was able to get downhill, he was able to find some passes out. But still, I think the thing with quickly mostly is you need him to score. You need him to score. And you just didn't get to see him in that element um, tonight. And, and, and quiet night for him, 12 points on four of 10 shooting. Knocked down two threes, but also missed some key ones. Uh, later on, it's just, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you essentially, especially with the new team as is, you, you, you lose Pascal, who's your leading scorer. Um, you're going to need other guys to step up in that scoring. And I think Scotty stepped up in a huge way. He gave you an excellent performance, 31.7 rebounds, six assists. Not even that, just defensively, I thought he made so many plays for the Raptors. It was really hard for the Raptors to stop the Bulls. Um, and you really needed required extra efforts from Scotty where he was rotating and, and double teaming and creating turnovers or, he was rotating at the basket and contesting shots and then making a quick second jump to like out rebound centers and then go the other way and still break in transition. Like the amount of energy he expended in this one was really impressive to see. So I admire Scotty for that, especially in the second half of back to back where he was pretty heavily involved in the fourth quarter as well against Miami before that game became a blowout officially. Um, but you need other guys to step up too. And I just think the thing that, you know, Scotty had that second guy with him tonight. Um, even if one of the guys, RJ or quickly plays up to their level, I think the Raptors might actually win this one, but unfortunately they weren't able to. And, you know, as part of that, you got to give a lot of credit to the Bulls defense. Like, you know, part of the reason why the Raptors went small is Chicago did a great job of keeping the Raptors out of the paint. And of course, as the Raptors can't hit threes as much, well, first off, if you can't touch the paint as much, you're not getting as many open threes. If you're not getting as open up threes, um, then the defense is going to get, you know, even more, uh, brazen in terms of protecting the pain and protecting that penetration to begin with. And the Raptors don't have that pull-up shooting threat, even though they have a lot of guards now. Still don't really have that pull-up shooting threat unless it's like quickly to some extent, but he's not like hunting for a shot to that degree. So it, it's hard to like pull their bigs out. And I think that that's part of the reason why Darko eventually decided to go small ball and close with, uh, you know, Bruce Brown at center rather than there are other options of Thad or Jonte. And I, honestly, I think it was a good choice. Like, you know, Bruce Brown actually played really well as a supporting piece, uh, as a small ball five. He, he might be the smallest small ball five in the league, if that makes sense. Um, because at 6'3", at 6'4", he's consistently able to find ways to get around the basket and just make himself available and finish in a crowd. And it is really impressive to, to see a, a guard be that versatile. That's something that he has shown in multiple levels, of course. You know, he, he even played this, I think, at some degrees in Detroit, um, some degrees in, in, in Brooklyn as well, where he was definitely playing a lot more small ball. Goes to Denver. Of course, he, he wasn't uh, uh, playing center there. They, they, they got Jokic. I think they're okay on centers. Um, but still, even his cutting and versatility, you know, Darko was saying before the game that one year he was, as an assistant coach, he was just trying to do a study on uh, Bruce Brown because he was trying to see who, why he was so effective cutting off ball and, um, yeah, you saw that tonight, how much he was able to make his way and find gaps. And, um, yeah, especially when you're, you're spaced out. Again, he's getting guarded by Vucevic. So and Vucevic has a lot of help responsibilities, as most drop centers do. You might lose track of a guy like that, and Bruce made himself available. 
But that's not exactly a second running mate for Scotty, you know. And, um, you know, even despite all that, though, the Raptors still were really close. They got a real chance to win it. They were in a one-possession game late. They even took the lead late. Fortunately, a couple misplays. And, you know, it's just unfortunate to see that Scotty had such a great run in the fourth quarter. The crowd was into it. It was on TNT. I think it might be one of the few national televised games of the Raptors this year. And um, it comes comes right after the trade. It's it, it would be awfully convenient if the Raptors were able to continue to push and continue to win. And it's led by Scotty, who everybody expects to take this next jump. It's explicitly said from Darko to Masai to uh, everyone else. And, and and of course, it's it's not even just it's something that's said. It's it's also something that's seen. Like he he is doing that. He's he's walking the walk. In addition to everybody doing the talking for him, you know, he is making those plays. He is. Uh, you know, showing you that energy, that willingness to lead. And it's unfortunate that he made some of those mistakes at the end. Um, but, you know, it, it's once again an example of Scotty being able to elevate his game in the fourth quarters. And I think the next step is just to close them out more consistently because he does a great job of putting them into that final position. And then sometimes he can't get them completely over the top. But still, I think that when you have a little bit more contributions from elsewhere, you know, like, for example, quickly had a, a pull-up three that was pretty open. That was a bit of a breakdown in the Bulls' defense. And if he made that, that would have made it, I think, a four-point game for the Raptors. Missed that shot, and unfortunately, it went the other way. Like, you know, a couple plays like that, I think, um, you know, it didn't really feel like the Raptors could find the right guy to close either. Gary wasn't really able to, you know, make his shots. There was one point where Gary was wide open under the basket for, like, a nice cut. The, the pass came to him. He was open, but then he was afraid to shoot it, kind of pump fake, then jump into the defender and ended up throwing the ball off of the defender for a turnover. No call was made on the play, and really... Honestly, why do you need a call? Just go up for the layup. Um, you know, turn down that layup. I thought Dennis was also a bit of a struggle in this game. Just didn't really feel like he had any specific impact. It's going to be interesting to see how his role changes because the Raptors now have a lot of guards. Like, they didn't even use, for example, Jordan Nawara, who I was watching him warm up, and he was cashing a lot of jumpers. He, he kind of shoots like a bit of a, a, a chest pass. Um, you know, he's shooting it from the chest and, you know, a bit in front of him, but still, he, he's a pretty accurate shooter. Um you know, they didn't even use him, for example. Um, you know, I, I, and I think that now that you have Bruce Brown, if you, especially if you're going to use him in the rotation, there's going to be some nights where you're going to also need him to handle the ball a little bit for you. And, yeah, I mean, Dennis had a lot of open catch-and-shoot three opportunities. You know, he wasn't really hitting much from them. He was one for four. And then, of course, he was also turning down some of those open threes as well, which I think is almost even worse. I, I think I just want them to continue to shoot with confidence like they get, did against Miami. And, uh, yeah, in the absence of that, you are going to have a hard time. And on top of the other fact that, like, look, when you're going small, there are some real concessions defensively. Um, DeMar has typically, you know, like 20, 24 points on 9 to 20 is not, uh, like, an exceptional game from DeMar DeRozan. They got to the foul line seven times, making six. He went 0 for 4 from 3. Um, but it also did feel like he could pick his matchups, you know, like he could uh, let's let me get a switch onto uh, you know an Emmanuel quickly and lift him for an up fake and then draw the foul in a key moment. Uh, let me get a one on one against Bruce Brown and without the hell defense coming over, just rising over the top of him and shooting over him for like his basically like automatic mid range jumpers. Um, you know he can get at even Gary, you know as well. So it, it just didn't feel like the Raptors were able to disrupt this game the way that. When OG was here, it could feel like he totally blanketed DeMar. I mean, I think one thing that's really underrated is just having the experience in that matchup, knowing exactly what to do. Like, you know, OG has guarded DeMar so often, probably from day one in practice, coming in as a rookie. And, of course, a lot of matchups 
in the league since then as well. But, you know, uh, OG, he was always able to contest DeMar and, and sort of really, really make it really difficult for him. DeMar would typically get his buckets getting downhill uh, against a help defender or anything like that, but not necessarily one-on-one against OG. You missed that length. Honestly, I thought Pascal also did a really good job switching out of Pascal, uh, DeMar over the years. Um, never as a primary assignment, but tons of the switching for the Raptors in the past and forcing DeMar to shoot over top of um, his superior length. Like, you you just you don't see that as much. DeMar had a lot of options to sort of pick at today. And whatever, like, I think the only times the Raptors really did effectively stop DeMar was by bringing help defense in the form of Scotty Barnes, who, you know, I, I can't stress enough how many times he made uh, two-way sequences in the fourth quarter, but it was enough to get the Raptors into the lead and unfortunately not close it out, but still put them in that position to even fight in that in that way. Um, but yeah, there was a there was a drop defensively there, and at center you're not going to really do anything against Busevich. I, I, I would have loved to see the Raptors, for example, fight better on the offensive glass at least. Uh, the Raptors gave up three offensive rebounds to Busevich in the first quarter and another one to Drummond, and, and a lot of those were putbacks directly. So it's not even just like they got extra possession and didn't do anything with it, like directly scoring off of those, playing bully ball against you. I would have loved to see a little bit better on that front. But, I mean, at the same time, like that's what Jakobs are supposed to do, you know. And in the meantime, I think the, the substitutes in Thad and, and Jonte have been pretty decent. Like, Jonte, I thought, you know, other than Scotty in the fourth quarter with the rotations and, and even a little bit to end the third quarter as well, I thought Jonte was the one forcing some stops at the basket, you know, uh, Vucevic trying to play one-on-one against them, having to settle for jump hooks or turning over either shoulder, long jump hooks as well. Sometimes he would make them because he's skilled, but generally speaking, you're going to live with that shot almost every single day. I thought Jonte did a good job of not jumping, staying down, uh, timing his rotations as well, blocking a couple of shots. I think that's the nice thing too, is you have a bit of shot blocking with them. And there's a versatility to his game where you know, I appreciate big guys who don't bite that much. Like, I, I liked how often Jonte stays down. Maybe it's because he's not that athletic. So it, it's not like he's going to jump up and, like, deny your shot. And so he knows that he needs to stay solid and stay down and keep a hand up and force guys to show over the top. But it's not even just a guy who contests. Like, he actually blocks a decent amount, too, without actually jumping, which I think it just speaks to his sense of the game. And he does have uh, rather uh, light feet, which is great to see. Um not to sound like Steph Curry or anything, but, you know, I do appreciate uh, his feet. Uh, but, you know, yeah, he, he's a, he's solid. And he also at one point had back-to-back threes, which, uh, you know, is, is nice. The Raptors haven't had a stretch center pretty much since – pretty much since Serge. Like, am I, am I wrong that? I think since Serge, we haven't had a stretch center. Like, Mark and Serge, obviously, in the same year. But, yeah, Jonte has been good, though. Jonte has been good. Uh, and, and again, I, I think I really do want to say the last thing is just I do credit Chicago's defense. Like, first off, Chicago has been playing a lot better um, since their disastrous start to the season. I still don't think they're, like, ultimately all that good. But still, they're, they're playing more cohesively. They've, they've gone back to being really pesky defensively. And then Darko mentioned how often they run pick and rolls. It, it, it is a difficult team to to play against. Maybe maybe it's not, like, impossible to get a win against them. But at the same time, like, they do play hard. They do get after it. Kobe White's really broken out. And DeMar's always great. You know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, Caruso is disruptive and annoying. And also, why is he wearing a headband if he's bald? But, um, like, still, I thought they also looked really disciplined as well. Like, the Raptors uh, always, always, always get that little uh, opportunity to score where they get the ball in the high post, they set an off-ball screen, and then they get a high-low pass to a, a forward who's scoring around the basket. I mean, of course, it helped when they were running over Pascal versus, like, lesser scoring, you know, uh, playmakers. But still... 
the Bulls did a great job of not even really allowing opportunities for guys to catch the ball and they were staying attached and they were bumping the cutters, making it difficult. Once in a while, I think Scotty got in for like a little score, but like generally speaking, that wasn't as effective of a play as the Raptors had made it out to be before the trade or even in recent games. Even against Miami, they did a decent amount, but they couldn't really get it going here today. And um, I think a lot of that is just like great communication and great discipline from the Bulls defensively. So I, I, I do want to say that, you know, that it, it, it was a lot of their credit. It wasn't just the Raptors struggled. It wasn't just the Raptors got cold. Like that's, I think that's a little too reductive. I think the Bulls also played really well, but still it was a fun game. The Raptors competed. Um, and yeah, like one of the other things Masai also said was just, you need patience, like rebuild, you work hard patience. Like we believe in these young guys. We don't have a thousand percent guarantee. Like there's no crystal ball that says this guy's going to be this, this guy's going to be that. Um, but all you can do is really provide them the opportunity to, to, to try to stretch their wings and grow and, I think, you know, on a nightly basis, you just hope to see guys take it more often. I mean, Quickly and RJ have been excellent since coming to the Raptors. They're going to have some off nights together. Sometimes they have off nights at the same time, and it really hurts your ability to win. But at the same time, Scotty was, you know, showing you exactly what he needed to show you. And, you know, I think the next step really is just the hardest one, which is to close out strong in the fourth quarter and, and, and like, lock down the last two minutes. But still... Uh, really good effort from him and uh, a lot of positives to take away on both ends of the floor. So credit to him, credit to Bruce Brown. Again, like the ultimate professional, the fact that he co- he came here, he touched down like three hours before the game. You know, I'm sure it was a busy day for him as well. Probably threw off his routine, no preparation really for the game other than just like a light walkthrough and, you know, maybe a tiny bit of film. And he just walks in and he's already closing games for the Raptors. Like that's impressive. And that speaks to, you know, his ability as a player, his versatility, how easily he was able to win Darko's trust, even though he had a pretty tough start in the first half when he came into the game, picked up two fouls and missed an open three kind of thing. But, um, you know, by the end of the game, you could totally, totally see his value. And whether he stays in the Raptors or whether the Raptors move on from him to pick up even more draft assets, um, I'm kind of okay either way. I, I really do enjoy watching his style of game. And especially if the Raptors can turn one of their guards back into a forward or even a big, I, I think that there's a there's a better chance here. Um, I, I, overall, like, I do want to see what this team looks like with Jakob consistently in the mix. I, I think that his fit for the Raptors is now a lot better than it was before. There's much more ball handling. There's much more shooting. You know, it's much more spacing. They need a guy like Yak to create the space for quickly to be effective off the dribbles, to, to play pick and roll, to, to create even bigger gaps when they're trying to set off ball screens. His passing, I think, has been largely replicated by Jonte and, and Thad, who are good passers themselves. Raptors seem to have a type at, at center um, with that passing in particular. But still, um, I want to see what it looks like with him because the Raptors right now are having to, like, essentially, like, the only time they really have great rim protection is, A, if Scotty turns it on to turbo mode, which is not sustainable for the whole game, or if they're playing, like, Boucher and Jonte in, 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 together in the backcourt or in the frontcourt. And, you know, it works to some degree, but it also requires it to be, like, not one of those chaotic Chris games. It also requires for the opponent to not really have um, a stretch five to pull them out anyway. And, and um, you know, again, it's it's also just you're relying on two bench guys to to hold up your whole defense. So um, lots of improvements, but it's going to be a long process. And uh, I think also I did enjoy the game today. I enjoyed the fight and they just couldn't get it done. It's OK. I think part of the trades, too, it, it puts off that pressure of like having to win every game. And, and I know that it sounds like you're conceding and I think. Real, realistically it is conceding but it's also just like i think the team and the front office is conceded the franchise is conceded that they weren't going to win at a 
sustainable or high level with the group that they had. They need to try a different way. And in the meantime, you can't come into every game with the expectation to win. But if you come into the game with the without, well, first off, if you come into the game with no expectations, you, I think it, it is pretty entertaining to watch the Raptors try to organize and orchestrate their way through this. You see a lot of great moves and a little, you know, a lot of great plays that, you know, swung the momentum for both ends. You do appreciate just the beauty of the sport itself. Um, but also at the same time, like, it's a, it is a new feeling because pretty much for the last 10 years of watching the Raptors, I have come into games almost everyone with like a with like a with like a chance with like an actual reasonable belief um that the Raptors will win and it is it's probably the first time since Tampa where I'm just like yeah I don't actually come in the game with the expectation it does cut away from the frustration of losing but you know you would ultimately like to get back to that point but you understand it's a growth process anyway I'm rambling I'm kind of repeating so your three stars from tonight's performance first star Scotty Barnes 31 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 11 to 18 shooting from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, a number of defensive plays and sequences. I mean, he his activity in this game was was just off the charts. Three steals, three blocks. Unfortunately, the six turnovers threw some wild passes for a stretch there where he had a bad turnover to quickly, just throwing up at the soft pass, point to wing. And then he had another one where he tried to hit it to RJ or quickly in the corner, in the opposite corner. He threw out like a pass that was sailing into third row. Weirdly, quickly through the same turnover uh, later in the half as well. But, you know, you want to see the six turnovers come down. Of course, not the two late turnovers. But still, Scotty did as much as he could. And, uh, yeah, he was awesome. Uh, your second star, I'm going to give that to... I'll get the Bruce Brown. 15 points, 7 rebounds, and assists a steal. 25 minutes. He had a bad start, but, like, closed the game really strong. Playing small ball center. He, again, he's, like, six foot three, and he's playing small ball center. It's... Uh, really impressive because even just knowing where to go and when to cut and and all the stuff and, and and the coordination of moving how to finish under the basket despite not being a guy who dunks on guys and stuff like yeah just the ultimate pro I mean, he's a champion he literally just won a chip so uh you know i i value and i appreciate the time that he's going to spend here whether that's one year or, or even just a month before the trade deadline or even beyond that he's he's a solid player he's a smart player and i always appreciate high iq players 15 points seven rebounds and assists to steal and then your third star, I'm going to give it to Jonte. Jonte was, was really good off the bench. You know, him and, or not off the bench, uh, with the starters. Played a lot with the bench, though. But 10 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. Um, only 2 fouls. I'm not totally sure why Darko took him out, to be honest. Maybe he just needed more offensive punch. I do feel like Jonte, outside of the uh, the pick-and-pop threes, I mean, I don't feel like he's, you know, uh, scoring that efficiently around the basket. Part of that feels like he just doesn't have, like, much lift or explosion near the hoop. Which I feel like for bigs, you, you sometimes take for granted, but it's not actually that easy, even if they are taller to finish, if they don't have the other aspects. But, yeah, I mean, defensively, I think he's been really solid. Um, and, yeah, I mean, offensively, he provides you um, a spark whenever he hits that three or when he hits the offensive glass. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those are your three stars. You're probably not going to win most games with like that, but still, uh, it's a transition period. We'll see how the rotation and the rest of everything uh, gets into rhythm. Didn't see Jordan Noir or uh, Kira Lewis Jr. today in the game. Saw them in the building. They're, they're both here with the with, with the team, but uh, not not in the game tonight, uh, at least immediately. Your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Um, honestly, I'll assume I thought was was decent off the bench. Ten points, five assists, a, a rebound, uh, four of nine, and, and and two of two from the foul line. Doesn't sound that great. He made a lot of contested layups, though. Some really tough ones. And just kind of cut against momentum for a while there. So I was going to get that uh, Gerald Henderson award for me. So once again, another award for Io in a, in award season. Shouts to the bear. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be, you know, 
traveling and, and, and tra- not traveling. We will not be traveling. We'll be tracking the rest of this team and, and just seeing how the rest of the season plays out, seeing how the pieces fit, more moves, whatever. But, um, you know, a bit of an emotional couple of days. Uh, but there is an excitement that comes with every fresh start. And it does, does feel like a fresh start for the group, despite the fact that there are now 10 games under 500 once again. So thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to The Raptor Show. And we'll be back later tomorrow.